Hey everyone, welcome back to Via the Podcast, where together we're exploring what it means to follow Jesus. I'm your host, Matt Winley, and thank you for taking the time to listen and grow along with me. I once heard it said that we critique the things we love. We critique the things we love. When we care about something, it's important to recognize both the good and the bad. Because how can you ever begin to change something if you're not even aware that there's a problem? Think about a visit to a doctor for a physical. There's going to be some good news. Matt, these numbers look great. And then there's going to be some helpful critique. He's going to tell me, Matt, you need to drink more water. You, you need more exercise. This, this looks a little concerning, and so I'd like for you to come back for another test. I, you know, I want to live. I want to continue living and thriving and being healthy. And so my doctor's doing the right thing by not only telling me the things that are good, but also warning me about the things that are bad so we can address them. But for some reason, we don't view our spiritual lives in the same way. We don't tend to assess where we're going right or where we're going wrong. We just kind of go with the flow. And then we wonder why we end up with so many quote-unquote spiritual emergencies. It's kind of like never checking your oil, and then you're driving one day, the oil's out, and your car breaks down. We're not taking care of our normal day-to-day spiritual health and maintenance. And I say all that just to acknowledge that I care about our spiritual health, my spiritual health, your spiritual health, and really the church as a whole. And because I do, I want to make sure that we're being honest about where we are and begin taking the appropriate measures toward better health. That's that's the heart behind any critique or call for change in these podcasts. We can't just simply keep doing the things that we've been doing all along and expect different results. It's going to continue to produce the same type of spiritual faith over and over and over again. And if there's some kind of, if there's areas in our lives, particularly as Christians that we see over and over again that are neglected, that are weak, we, we have to make changes. We have to, be, we have to first acknowledge them, and then we have to go, okay, how do I begin to change these things? And so that's what this podcast is really all about. I want us to help each other follow after Jesus because it's hard to follow after Jesus in, in not only just the culture at large, but also within the Christian culture because there are a lot of people who go through the doors of a, of a church building each and every weekend who don't really have a desire to follow after Jesus. It's it's a religious tradition. It's part of their culture. It's something they should do because they have a family, quote-unquote. But they're not really interested in the everyday, moment-by-moment, walk with Christ. And that's not a... I'm not trying to begrudge those people. I'm just simply pointing out something that is pretty obvious within our community of faith as a whole. And if we're looking to follow after Jesus, we have to be honest about where we are. And so, again, the, the heart behind these calls for change, the heart behind this, this whole podcast is for us to be pushing each other, encouraging one another, convicting each other, sharing with one another, how do we follow after Jesus? How do we go against the trends, both in our society, but then also sometimes against Christian culture? Um, so what I want to do is I want to talk about a disturbing statistic that I recently came across, and it's about prayer. So... I'm going to give you just, I'll I'll give you the question, and I want to see if you can guess the right answer. The question is, among evangelical believers, so followers of Jesus, people who claim to believe in Christ and think that that's important to tell others about, how many minutes a day does the average Christian pray? Now, I know we quote verses like pray continually, or we, we talk about how we have this every moment kind of walk with God, where we just kind of continue this conversation but what we're talking about here is Jesus-style, get-alone-with-the-Father kind of prayers, where he gets goes to a quiet place, and he spends time with the Father alone. Very intentional times of prayer. So take a second and think, how many minutes, on average, does the, the typical believer spend per day in prayer? All right? 
I'll give you a few options. Is it an hour a day? What about 30 minutes? 15? Okay, two. Now the correct answer, if you waited all the way to the end, is two. It's two minutes a day. Now I've seen some other statistics that were a little more generous, but, but the answer was still extremely low. And I think if you were, if, if, I'm, if I was asking this question to a crowd, I've done it a couple times, no one stands up for the hour a day. No one raises their hand and says, yeah, I think most Christians pray an hour a day. Not even 30, 30 not even 15. Sometimes if I add like a, a number in like five, people might begin to do then. But we all recognize that there's a significant problem within the body of Christ when it comes to spending time with the Father. And, and we all know that prayer is something that we should do as Christians. And so there's a disconnect. We know we should be doing something, and yet we're not doing it. We, we believe in an all-powerful but relational God, one that went to great lengths to display love to us through Christ, but there's little to no prayer life. Now, when I shared this in my church, my, my friend Ashley pointed out that this is an average too. So it's not even that we're praying two minutes a day. What, what's happening here is statistics say this is the average amount per day. So one day you might pray 10, and then you might go days without prayer. So this it's even a little bit bleaker than what we think. There's, there's a large, vast amount of believers who go time after time after time in prayerlessness. And evangelical pastors aren't much better. This is not a pastor taking shots at the congregation. Evangelical pastors are said to have prayed for just five minutes a day. Five minutes alone with God. So two for the average believer, five for the average evangelical pastor. So we put more effort into our planning, into, our, into taking care of our properties, than we do prayer as, as pastors. Think about that. Like how much of your time is devoted to if you're a leader within the church, planning and scheming and trying to come up with all these different ways, and then how much of your time is dedicated to intentional prayer for your people, for the community, for the world? Think back to the doctor analogy. If he's assessing the spiritual health of the average Christian believer, there would be need to be action taken, right? The doctor wouldn't let you leave without some plan of action. That would be negligent. He would say, no, 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 two minutes a day, you're going down a path to where you are going to burn out. You've got to change your lifestyle. That's what they would say if I came in and I was telling them, like, this is how much exercise I have. That's not enough. You've got to, you've got to exercise more. This is what I'm eating. No, no, no. You've got to stop eating, you know, all this bad food and you got to start eating some better food. If we were to tell uh, a spiritual doctor, I pray for two minutes a day, they would say there, there's something here that we've got to address. And so the question is, what do we do? Now, some people just shrug their shoulders. I've, I've had this conversation with a host of people and there's some people that really, they tell me that prayer is just not for them. Um, there's really no other way to put it. And I really don't know what to do with that because I understand that, that prayer is not easy. So this is not to say that you, you should just tell people just go and pray because that, that's, not a, that's not an easy answer either. Prayer is not easy sometimes. Sometimes it's a struggle. Sometimes it's hard. There might be times in your life where you feel like, is God even there? Is he even listening to me? Um... There's, there's some people who say, you know, well, I don't want to be legalistic about it, so I just kind of pray as I need to. And again, I, you know, I think there's no minute regulation in Scripture. It doesn't say Jesus told his disciples, you need to pray for 12 and a half minutes per day. That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the most optimum minutes of prayer. You know, we're not, we're not setting one, right? We're not trying to say, well, we need to go from 2 to 5 or from 2 to 10. That's not the point. But if, the, if we see that, if we see the statistically, two minutes a day of prayer, how does that not bother us? How do we not see that that's a problem? How do we not 
run to God in prayer at that moment and go, God, forgive us because we are neglecting the very one who saved us. Even if prayer doesn't come natural, and that's fine, we can at least see in Scripture that Jesus values it and that Jesus calls his followers to do the same. So if I'm a follower of Jesus, I just can't say, man, that's, you know, that's not for me. Prayer is essential to the life of a believer, not just as a, as a checklist, as, as something to, to kind of go, well, I've done that for the day, but we find there's value, there's power, there is direction, there's wisdom given, there's a connection to the Father. There are so many benefits to prayer, and, and we're not even going to get into all of those in this podcast, that because we're not praying, we are not receiving those benefits. It's the same thing if, if I'm not going and working out, I'm not going to see the results in my body. I can look in the mirror all day long and say, I would like to have uh, a, you know, a flatter stomach, or I would like to have stronger biceps, or, or whatever you're, you're trying to get. And if you don't put in that work, if you don't put in that effort, you're not going to see the results. If you just continue to live the same way that you do, you're not going to see the results. And so we can't simultaneously say, I want to see God move, and then yet not spend time in prayer, because prayer is a part of how God moves. Um, but the goal is also, like I said, it's not to check a box. It's not to gain some kind of holier-than-thou attitude. I, I told um, the people that I that I worship with, I said, you know, as a pastor, after hearing the statistic, it's, it's very tempting for a lot of pastors to go in and browbeat people into praying. Why don't you pray more? You know, like, you heathens, why aren't we praying more? But that's not helpful either, right? It's I think we're all aware of the need to pray. I think we're all aware that the Bible tells us to pray. I just think we get so distracted. We've never really been modeled a healthy prayer life. We've seen professionals pray, right? We watch that every weekend at a service. Professionals pray and they pray these great ornate prayers. But I wonder how many believers have ever been with someone on a day-to-day basis and watched them pray and prayed along with them, and someone taught them how to pray over a period of time, and then they then they felt good about praying on their own. They, they even felt so good that they could go and share with others, here's how you pray. We've never been modeled that. We've never been shown that. We've never been walked through that process. And so for a lot of people, they, they hear, you need to pray, you need to pray, you need to pray. God wants time with you, but they're just not sure how to go about doing it. So it, it, what we want to do is we want to feel a measure of sadness and conviction. We want to feel like, that's not right. Two minutes two minutes a day, that's not right. But instead of letting that, you know, instead of letting that fester and kind of just become a an unhealthy guilt feeling, what I want us to do is be motivated by it. We want, we, we want to know the power of God. We want to be in His presence. We want to see lives change. We want to see change in our own lives, right? And prayer is essential to that. So what do I do? What, what kind of steps do I need to take to begin having the kind of vibrant prayer life that leads to God, to, to me understanding God's voice, to hearing God's voice, to seeing God move in a way that I'm not seeing right now. So what do I do? What I'd like to do is just take a few moments and, and talk about a few practical things that we can do, at, both as an individual and then as a larger church culture. So I want to think about just, you know, me and my own prayer time, you and your own prayer time. How, how can we begin to expand our prayer muscles? And then what do we do as a, as a church culture when we, when we recognize that two minutes a day, that's not just a problem for me, but it's a problem for our entire church culture as a whole. How do we begin to change that as, as individual believers and as bodies of Christ? We want to see that change. It's it's, it's something that we, we just can't sit on and go, you know, whatever. We've, we've There's got to be intentional thought behind how do we begin to 
turn the tide where more people are engaging with God on a daily basis. So if you're someone listening to this and, and your kind of Jesus style time with the Father is at that two minute mark, I don't want you to despair. Again, the, the, the point of the podcast is not to just point out a problem and to to mock and uh, and call you out for, for, for how bad you are or whatever like that. Um, I'm part of the problem. There, there, are, there are days where I don't pray nearly as much as I should. And to be, to be quite honest, you know, I, I know when I've had those days because I'm off. I'm really, really off. Um, and so when I talk about improving prayer life, I'm not just talking about yours. I'm talking about mine as well. Whatever we talk about on this podcast is going to be something that is happening in my life right now. Uh, I will not tell you to do something that I'm not simultaneously working on and God is working on my heart. At least that, that's, that's at least what I'm trying to do. I want to be honest and vulnerable with you. I want to grow along with you. This is not just me as a professional saying, why, why, don't, why don't you people get it? <laughs> um, we're in this together, and I want us to begin taking some steps to, to make this statistic. Can we get it to five? Can we get it to ten? Can we begin to grow the church as a whole? Um, can, we, can we see a movement of prayer among our people? So here are a few things as an individual you can do to begin growing your prayer life. And I would say the first thing is start where you are. In many ways, prayer relies on muscles that we haven't developed. So it can take time to stretch them out and grow, right? Uh, if, I, if I go out and I haven't been running and I just, I'm like, well, I want to go run a marathon today. I can go out and I can start running, but I'm going to give out very quickly. And I'm going to be discouraged and I'm going to be frustrated. And, you know, ultimately I'll probably just give up on running. So the, the person, you know, there, there's whole plans designed if you want to go run a 5K it's called Couch to 5K. You go find a Couch to 5K plan. It starts you out small. You walk some. You run some. And, and then you build up to the, the amount that you want to run. And it's the same thing with prayer or really any habit. Don't be discouraged at the outset. There, there's something deceptively hard about the easiest step, and that's just to begin. That, that first step is oftentimes the, the hardest one for people to do. There's, there's a friend of mine who once told me point blank, I don't want to pray. I don't want to begin praying. I don't, I, don't, I don't see it as a valuable part of my spiritual life. And so there's not much you can do there, right? Like your, your heart has to be in a place where you want to start first. But if you, if you have a heart that wants to start, if you're, if you're ready to begin praying, then I would just say, look, try 30 seconds. Try a minute. Start a, start a regular practice of prayer today. You can't run a mile without, without taking that first step, right? You've got to take the first step. So no matter how small that step may be, I at least want you to get headed in the right direction. So maybe at the end of this podcast, Turn it off, pray for like 30 seconds or a minute. Set a timer for, for the next day, pray for 30 seconds to a minute, and begin building that prayer life. You know, you might not even be at the two-minute mark yet. That's okay. Start where you are, and don't be discouraged about where you are, because it's not, it's not about where you are now. It's about where God can take you, and God can take you into a place where you're praying longer and, and longer amounts of time, not just to say that you've done it, but because you're enjoying the presence of God, and you can see the benefits in your life. Uh, another good idea is to create space. And this one is one that I personally struggle with because we, my, my family is a family of six and we live in a small townhouse. And so space for prayer is, is, is oftentimes uh, a difficult thing to find. A lot of people who uh, stay at home moms, stay at home dads, this might be difficult as well to create a space because your, your primary job is almost 24-7, right? You're constantly around another human being that you're taking care of. But we want to create space physically and, and potentially on our calendar. So the question is, where's a good place for you to pray? It's probably not a cluttered room. You know, could you pray there? Sure. But, but you're also surrounded by reminders of things you need to do. 
there's there's certain times where I'll try to pray in my room, and in my room is where in my family I I, I do the laundry. I it's just something that I enjoy doing, and uh, it helps. And so a lot of times I'm just like everyone else that you see on the internet that you know takes pictures of their laundry room, and it's like it's it's easy to put it in the washing machine. It's easy to put it in the dryer. It's easy to take it out. Sometimes it's even easy to fold, but then getting it put away is oftentimes the hardest part. And so in my bedroom, a lot of times when I try to pray, there's there's laundry around, and it's it's from the last time that I've you know started doing it, and and it, and it's like a little weight in your mind that keeps distracting you in your prayer time. So you want to create a physical environment in your life that gives you an opportunity to be free to pray. So don't do it in an area that's constantly causing you to be distracted. You, you might want to put your phone away. You, you might want to put your computer, close your laptop. Um, don't, don't be by the TV. If you're tempted to put the TV, you know, tempted to turn on the TV, whatever's going to distract you, get it out of that space. You want to be in a space where you can truly rely, uh, truly not just rely on your time with God, but truly soak and enjoy that time with God where you're not constantly thinking about what was that notification I heard on my phone? Oh, I need to pay that bill, but just spend time with him. So, um, you know, you can even create a physical environment that, that's helpful for prayer and, and you don't have to go overboard with this, but think about what helps you focus, what helps you draw into his presence. So maybe it's an outdoor space. Maybe there's a space outside of your house that you like to just sit in and that helps give you some time for prayer. Jesus prayed outdoors. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, maybe it's a space clear of most everything else. Maybe it's just by a window where, where sunshine comes in. But just think about it. Think, take some time, some intentional thought about what what kind of spirit, what kind of physical space do I want to begin to engage God in prayer. Um, but you can also create space on your calendar. So we're not just talking about physical space, but also just time. Uh, many years ago, my brother, shout out to Mike, uh, mentioned doing this, and it really stuck with me. It, it, it's it's a great idea for particularly for people who are really busy, have lots of appointments. And so what he would do is he would literally calendar in time with God. He would put it in, in his phone calendar, uh, a, a space where if somebody tried to book something for that time, he would say, I'm sorry, I have a meeting. And, and, and he, was, he was being honest. Um, so you're not going to book something on top of it. So again, you can start with a few minutes if, if you want to start with 10, 15 and build as you go, but you have it scheduled in every day and it can become part of your routine. Uh, another good tip, habit stack. Uh, this is from a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. You should definitely check it out. It's not a Christian book, but there's a lot of people who aren't Christian who um, have a lot of good ideas about the way the world works. And he recommends that rather than pairing your new habit with a particular time and location, you, you pair it with a current habit. He, he gives the example of coming home from work, taking off your work shoes, and putting on your workout clothes. So if you do that one habit every day, every day you come home from work and you take off your work shoes, right? You, you place them somewhere. And you, you pair it with the other one, putting on your workout clothes, you're more likely to begin to work out, right? So you're pairing those two habits together. So for me, I'll have it stack going for a walk. Uh, lately, I've been trying to get in better shape. I've been trying to get a certain amount of steps. And so I'll be going for a walk. And I've found that prayer is much more free-flowing while I'm out walking. So at least part of my walk, I'll always pray. But, but you could do this with anything. So, you know, if you get up before everyone else and you have time, make breakfast and then pray. Have it stack those two things together. I eat breakfast every day. I'm going to pray as I eat breakfast. You know, because a lot of people, I remember when I was a kid, I'd wake up, I'd eat breakfast. I would, I would read the sports page while I woke up. I, I grew up in the, in the time of newspapers, so I actually had a newspaper to read. Um, you know, you have a long commute. Get in your car, turn it on, and start praying. A lot, a lot of times you might have it stacked by turning on your car and then turning on the radio. But instead of the radio, 
Just turn on your car and start praying. Find a habit and begin stacking it with prayer. I, I found this to be a very helpful way of doing things that I, I don't normally think about doing um, because I'm already be, I'm already engaged in some of these uh, in some of these other ways. Like for example, I wanted to do more push-ups, so what I did was I habit stacked it with every time I go to take a shower, I do ten push-ups um, right before I turn on the water. Ten push-ups, then I go turn on the water. I've, I've habit stacked those two things together. So habit stack some habit that you have already and put prayer with it. So that way you're not going to forget about prayer. It's happening every day. All right, a couple more quick ones, then we'll look at how to help the church as a whole and we'll wrap up, okay? If you're if you're finding getting started hard, pr- praying, it's, it's a hard thing for you to do. It's hard for you to wrap your con- uh, mind around that concept. What I want to encourage you to do is just begin praying through some of the prayers in Scripture. Paul has uh, some of these amazing prayers in his letters. Philippians 1, uh, 9-11 used to be a prayer that I would pray so often for people. I love that prayer. Uh, Jesus taught us how to pray, obviously the Lord's Prayer. The Psalms are full of prayers, and, and they're full of prayers that have a, a wide variety of emotions and things they're dealing with. So you're not just getting a prayer that's like, um, you know, glossing over everything. It's, it's prayers that are full of recognition of the struggle and the hurt and the pain in the world. So you're not having to fake anything. They're prayers that help you be honest. So these prayers that are in Scripture are there to help us. So use them. If you, if you can't find a voice for prayer, use them. There's, there's also books of prayer. Uh, there's one that I've, I've told my church about, the Valley, of the Valley of the Vision. Valley of Vision, I think is what it's called. It's a, it's a book of Puritan prayers from many years ago that can help encourage you and, and get you on the right track praying as well. So use the resources that you have available, particularly in Scripture. Um, but then you can also just simply begin by listing things you're thankful for. Prayer is uh, a lot of things. You can thank God. You can praise God for who He is. You can ask God for things. Uh, but what I would encourage you to do, if, if you don't have a voice for those other ways of praying, I think the easiest way to start is just by thanking him. And sometimes that can just kind of get you going, and then you and then you can begin going into those other parts. So start big. Like, thank you, God, for life. Thank you that I woke up this morning. Thank you for creation. Thank you for, you know, if you have kids, my kids. You know, And then you can start getting smaller. Thank you for my job. Thank you for my coworkers. Thank you for my clothes. Thank you for the food that's in my pantry. And as you begin to thank God for all these different things, number one, you realize I have so much stuff and I have so many good things in my life that I just don't normally ever recognize. And I've found that sometimes this kind of gratitude helps open up the conversation with God. Uh, but then number two, it, it also just provides another good habit for for just gratitude. The, like one of the heartbeats of being a Christian is gratitude. You see gratitude and thankfulness all throughout the New Testament. And so you can you can kind of kill two birds with one stone here where you're you're praying but you're also practicing this this attitude of gratitude which i think is a really important part of following after jesus so those are some tips to help you get personally back on track if you're struggling with prayer we can do more prayer podcasts as well that, that's not the the entire point of this podcast i just want to simply create an awareness of two minutes a day that's that's not going to cut it we're, we're unhealthy right now and just give you a few tips to help begin that habit back but we can look more concretely at some other tips as well as we move forward in the podcast. But I want to talk briefly uh, as we as we begin to wrap up about how to help our church culture get back on track. And these are just six quick items. All right, we're not going to spend a ton of time on them, but what we want to do is we want to help not just ourselves get back on track uh, in prayer individually, but we also want to help others. So what do we do? And this is in no particular order. So number one, uh, I would encourage you get an accountability partner, uh, someone who you can trust that you both want to grow and it's just a layer of encouragement to help you stay consistent. So not only is it helping you individually, but you're also helping them as well. 
And so you're calling each other. How was your prayer today? Uh, the men's group that I'm a part of, we challenged each other a couple weeks back, 10 minutes of prayer every day. Just spend 10 minutes with God. And it was encouraging to see a couple of people right back. You know, I've spent 10 minutes with God each day this week. I wouldn't have done it otherwise. And so having that kind of accountability, accountability gets a bad rap. Accountability is not just, um, you know, getting mad at someone if they don't follow through on something. Accountability is if they don't fall through on it, you know, let them know it's okay. There's grace, but encourage them to, to begin to f- fulfill it the next week, right? Start tomorrow. Um, so accountability is, is not just about, you know, throwing stones at somebody, but accountability is also about letting them come, confess, giving them grace, and then helping them change their behaviors, change their attitudes, and encouraging one another in that. So have an accountability partner, huge step. Uh, another way we can begin to change church culture in this regard is pray with other people. Very very similar to number one, but then also just taking that extra step of not just hearing about how they're praying, but praying with them. So make a habit of praying with other people. Call them up. Invite them over. Do it via Zoom. Prayer is contagious, and we cannot wait as the body of Christ to pray with each other for when the 501c3 church tells us we should pray. That's too often what we do as believers. We think, you know, I would like for our church to have a Bible study. Well, the church can set it up for you, and that's fine. But you can also, as a believer, call up another couple, call up a friend, and say, I'd like to start studying Scripture together. Let's start meeting on Wednesday nights and studying Scripture together. We don't have to have an organization tell us you should do it then. And so as believers, if we see there's a, there is a, a big disconnect between how much we should be praying and how much we actually are praying, I would like to start solving that. You don't have to have your, your, your 501c3 church's permission to begin praying with other believers. In fact, I think they would be really encouraged if you were to start gathering other believers together, whether it be through Zoom or gathering together in your home, whatever it may be, and just praying together, praying for the church, praying for the community, praying for one another. That's, that is, it, I'm telling you, it is contagious and it will grow more authentically and more organically than if a pastor tries to do it for you. So pray with other people. Uh, number three, talk about prayer with other believers. Just talking about it. We've got to be so, we've, we've become so wary of talking about spiritual things with other people that uh, the depth of our conversations have really, have really taken a hit over the last few years. Like we, we talk about very surface level, shallow things with even people that we would consider our friends. And, and a lot of times when we talk about spiritual things, you'll notice that people get become either uninterested or they become uncomfortable. And I'm talking about with other believers. I'm not, even, I'm not even saying like if you try to shift it to a conversation with an unbeliever. Like just believers getting together, uh, maybe for dinner, maybe you're going bowling, whatever, and you bring up something spiritual, it's, it's almost as if something has shifted in the room. We, we've become very awkward about talking about spiritual things. And so what I would encourage us to do is start talking about prayer with other believers. You can even bring up the statistic that I led with. Two minutes a day. See what they think. Just ask them. How, many, how much time do you think the average believer spends in prayer? And you can begin talking with them. Like, what, do you think that's enough? Like, wh- why do you think we do that? And just begin the conversation. And I think it helps begin to open eyes for the church at large. And even if you're struggling to, play, to pray, let them know. That's, that's one of the benefits of an accountability partner or just anyone that's a believer in Christ. Just go to someone that you trust and say, hey, I want to pray. I heard the statistic about prayer. It really bothers me. I, I want to begin praying. But really, I'm stuck. And, and I've never been shown how to pray. Will you help me? And hopefully you'll be going to the right person and they'll begin helping you, walking alongside of you, caring for you, teaching you how to spend time with the Father. Uh, Number four, start a group prayer time. Um, This kind of goes along with number two with pray with other people, but I'm just kind of adding it in. If if, if you're somebody that really wants to go through the church, you can ask the church if they want to announce it, but, but you don't have to make it official. 
um, just invite people to pray together, right? So, you know, the, the second kind of tip was pray with other people. Like that could just be one or two other people, but this is just one where you're inviting maybe a small group to come over to your house and pray. Maybe you put out a, a more official announcement to the church at large. Maybe you just tell people, look, we're going to have a meal and then we're going to pray together. Uh, and, you know, the kids can go watch a movie upstairs or even better, the kids can join you in prayer. Uh, so many times when we do spiritual things as adults, we push the kids out of the room. And yes, the kids might be noisier. Yes, the kids might not understand it all. But I'm telling you, when they see you prayer, that is a more effective witness than if you kick them out of the room to go do something else. Is it easier? Yes. Will there be less noise? Yes. But I believe it will pay long-term benefits if you're, a- if you're able to let them pray along with you. And then if you talk to them afterwards, what did you think? How did that make you feel? Would well, you have any questions about what we just did? Pray along with your kids. Uh, number five, talk to your church leadership about prayer when you gather. Um, you know, most of, most of the times when, when worship happens on the weekends in churches around our country and, and even around the world, most of the, most of the people see prayer, but the prayer is only done by quote unquote professionals or is used as a transition in the service, right? So, you know, what does the, what does the worship leader do out of their set? They pray, you know, what does the pastor do at the end of his sermon? They pray and it's a transition for other people to get into place. And, and it's mostly done by professionals on stage that have rehearsed it. That's part of the program. But rarely do we ever get to see people just praying and calling and pouring out their hearts to God. And I think that's one of the reasons why we have this deficit of prayer in the life of the church, because we're so used to professionals doing it. Well, that's what my, that's what my pastor is supposed to do. That's what the worship pastor is supposed to do. That's what those, you know, further along in their faith kind of Christians are supposed to do, but not me. And so... Prayer is for the everyday, ordinary person, just as much as it's for the, the pastor or the leader. And so talk to, your, talk to your church leadership and say, you know, I just want to have more prayer in our service. I want, I want people to, to be able to pray. I want people to hear other people pray. You know, what do you think about this? Bring your church leadership into the conversation and see what they say. Uh, and then number six, I would just say pray as a family. So you know, you, you can obviously get the, the point that I'm trying to get you to pray with other people, but this one just specifically prays a family. Um, whatever sh- size and shape your family may um, take, uh, encourage your kids to pray. Encourage your spouse to pray. We, we've got to be praying as a family. It's not just an individual effort. And when you pray as a family, I would just encourage, you don't have to make everyone pray every time, but I would say go to go to some lengths to help people begin to pray themselves where they're not just listening every single time because they can, even if it's just a couple words, even if it's just a sentence, they don't have to do paragraph or essay prayers. Just express what they're thinking to God. This is what we've worked with our kids on. They, they, they pray and sometimes it's just, you know, God, um, you know, help so-and-so who's sick or God, thank you for this thing that happened yesterday or, or God, I, you know, I'm really struggling with this and then they're done. You know, it doesn't have to be long, but we're just trying to build, you know, those prayer muscles that, that start small and they grow and they grow and they go grow. So pray as a family. So again, it's not about a big prayer program. It's not about, uh, we've, we've got to start this, you know, this movement of prayer. And so we're going to do a 20 week study on prayer. And then we're going to have this big prayer night. Uh, the, the, the more consistent, smaller routine ways of becoming faithful, I think, are, are what's going to begin to turn the tides in our churches. It, it's got to start with ordinary people taking these steps. A pastor can can kind of light a fire under us for a little bit, but that fire burns out. And so what we need is something a little more consistent, a little more stable. And that begins with ordinary people beginning to pray in their, 
beginning to pray in their in their everyday lives. Um, so the question is, what's your prayer life like? Where where are you at? If if we were to ask that question, are you at two minutes, five minutes? And again, the the point is not to overburden ourselves with guilt, but it's just to get an accurate assessment, just like you would in a, in a doctor's office. Here's here's your numbers. Let's take a look at the good ones. Let's take a look at the bad ones, and then let's begin to address. And so, what is your prayer life like? How often are you spending intentional alone time with the Father? And then let's begin to figure that out. That's it for today. If, if you appreciate this content, do me a favor, share it with someone else. Uh, and as always, if you have a question, comment, prayer request, maybe it's an encouragement. Uh, you can send it to podcastvia at gmail.com, podcastvia at gmail.com. I appreciate you guys listening. I'll see you next time.